The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome to 1111 Talk Radio. I am Simran Singh. Imagine, if you will, that instead of referring to heaven as a place that we must rise to after death, we instead see it as shifting through layers of consciousness, much like pulling the petals off of a flower, onion, or even think in terms of walking through new doorways that allow us to transform our negative thought forms, to see beyond what is directly in front of our face, utilize our entire sensory body, and identify deeply with other fellow humans. Imagine what the world would be like if everyone had been taught from childhood how to tap into their senses in a much deeper way. A sense of euphoria can be experienced when the cells and energetic body are consciously utilized to feeling, seeing, hearing, tasting, and smelling beyond their normal senses and use those abilities to enrich our own lives as well as the lives of others. This is from the book, Sacred Time, Tapping the Power Within, and my wonderful guest, Nicole Henderson, who is a medical and remedial remote viewer, a therapeutic empath, and a telepath who's able to literally walk in your shoes and understand who you are, what you want, why you've lived the way you've chosen, and can see what it will take to change your life. If you're looking for someone to truly understand you, then you need to discover Nicole Henderson and her book, Sacred Time, Tapping the Power Within. I'd like to welcome Nicole to 1111. How are you? I am doing really well, honey, and thank you so much. I'm truly honored to be on your show. Thank you for asking me to be here. Absolutely. I was thrilled to really help people understand these different types of abilities that you have that we can tap into, that we can utilize to... Uh, access personal growth, our own evolution, understanding our bodies and our senses in a new way. And particularly from a standpoint of not only how we guide ourselves, but how as we're looking at these new younger beings, the, the children that are coming in, how we can strengthen them to keep their gifts that they come in or develop these senses in a way that perhaps we were never taught when we were children. So thank you for the work that you do and what you're bringing to the planet. I'd love to start by helping people understand a little bit empathy and what it really means to be an empath and, and the distinction between getting sucked under being an empath and being able to utilize the skills of an empath. So if you could start right there, Nicole. 
Sure. Well, I can talk a little bit about my own experiences. Um, when I grew up, of course, there was a lot of dysfunction within the family unit as I was growing. And what I found, where my mother always um, referred to me as the hypochondriac of the household. Well, <clears throat> I didn't figure it out until years later. What was happening was a lot of what I felt Instead of it being me, it was actually coming from my mother and my father, um, other people that were around me. And I think that we're, uh, my belief is that we're all empathic to a certain degree. We're all sponges. We just absorb energy and then send energy back out into the universe. So for me, um, I was highly sensitive as a child, constantly felt like something was wrong, more so in my gut around my solar plexus. Um, and really didn't know what to do with that. So I spent a lot more of my time around animals. felt far more comfortable. They weren't arguing with each other. I didn't have to deal with any negativity there. So I would always retreat into the nature, more of a natural environment, as opposed to having to deal with people. And um, growing up, I then realized that I could utilize that same sensory ability, feeling energy from other people, but I realized that I could use it to harvest information from other people. So if, let's say, I would assess my own energy field when I woke up in the morning and felt fine and then cross paths with somebody who was having a really bad day, I would go from feeling really well and then five minutes later feeling like I had just been sucker punched. And so I think that there's a lot of people in the world today who are – who really realize that they are empathic. They just don't know how to utilize their ability. And what I try to teach in the book is how to really decipher the energy that's coming in. Is it mine? Does this relate to me in my life? Does this relate to my thoughts or thought patterns? Or does this have to do with something or someone outside of me? Am I taking energy in from other people? So empathy is, it's taking in energy, being very open and receptive, being that sponge, taking in energy from other people, and then utilizing that in a more professional way um, where I feel something from someone and then I begin to allow my energy to communicate with the energy from the other person. So essentially what I'm doing is allowing the cells of my body to begin a dance within the cells of another person's body. And I would ask questions of those cells. What is it this dysfunction is related to? Where are you feeling disorder in your life? And the cells would communicate with me, giving me information about that person. So that would set up the dialogue that I would then have with them, whether I was supposed to help them or whether I was just supposed to be an understanding of something that was going on in their life, taking a more hands-off approach. So there's a difference from being empathic, feeling it, not knowing where it's coming from, feeling sick, and again, not sure, thinking that it's all me, like that hypochondriac as a child, to then taking it from that realm into a more professional state. Can we utilize the energy we're receiving to help the person that's standing across from us? And if so, should we be helping or should we take a more hands-off approach and just be more of a listener to the energy? Does that answer your question? Of course. And, you know, that's so powerful because I know for me personally, I grew up not realizing I was empathic, not realizing that so much of what I felt 
was actually coming from those around me. It was not until my mid to late 30s that I actually started uh, getting used to that. And that was when I really began my own deep journey inside in in healing and growing and trying to become as self-aware as possible. And I think that when we do that work, when we start to open up in that way, we actually open up to even more of that empathic sensitivity because then we are literally uh, taking down whatever guard we have also built up over time to take in a little bit more. And so as we're looking at this experience of empathy and the way that it uh, embeds into the cells, there is a cellular memory that can take place. And sometimes that cellular memory is because we've soaked up some of the uh, information that has surrounded us, and other times it's because it's generational and coming from our ancestry. You write a bit about cellular memory and the ability for cells to communicate and how we go into the detoxification of cellular memory. Can you talk about how some of what we think or feel or respond to in life comes from that memory that exists within us? Right. So every experience that we go through in life from birth to death, from being in your mother's womb to um, to your death date, is stored within the cells of your body. So imagine that each cell, and there are trillions, what, 50 trillion cells in the human body, if not more, and each cell will hold or store memories in it. So when the cells get inundated um, to the point where they're toxic, then the body ends up overloaded and illness begins to manifest. So you think about, you know, there are a number of people that have gone through experiences, um, totally toxic experiences in their childhood, and then they carry that into adulthood and they find out that at some point they end up with cancer. Well, they try to attribute it to present-day stresses. You know, what did I do that made myself sick? How do I, uh, how can I get my body better or, you know, run off to the doctors and let the doctors and hospitals take care of me? Well, what I found with cellular memory is if we're, if we truly pay attention to the fact that we are, again, sponges, and that every experience is stored within the cells, if we actually begin conversations with them to find out what was stored there, then the body will tell us exactly what experiences are stored within a particular organ or system, and those cells will even tell us what we need to do in order to get well or to regain homeostasis of that of that system or organ. So... Cellular memory, and I, I use it on within many different things, but I guess I could say I use it within every realm of my life, you know, from business to personal. And in when you're in total communication, like I can honestly say the one thing that really brought it to my attention or brought cellular memory to the forefront for me was that when I realized that I had always been in communication with the cells of my body, my body saved me from a really bad illness. And, and I'd say really it was that my, the cells of my body saved me from some medication that the doctors had given me that had almost taken my life. So had I not really been listening, and it, I guess I need to preface this by saying, 
that the body is in constant communication with us. And when we're, when we're not listening, that's when pain and disorder flares up. And if we realize that it's kind of like a child inside of us that is always begging for our attention, mummy, mummy, there's something happening in here. If you pay attention to me, I'll tell you what it is, and then I can get well again, or I can feel better again. So it's kind of like that nagging child inside that, that tries to keep you aware of what's going on in your environment and how you're storing it in your body. And I don't, I kind of feel like we're meandering around this because I know we don't have a bunch of time, but um, if I keep it simple, the cells of the body are in constant communication, not only with other cells within the body, but also with our consciousness. And the conscious part of us is the part that says, I have to go to work, pay the bills, do the laundry, take care of the animals, you know, take care of the husband or the wife, and... And we kind of push off that sensory or intuitive side of us that resides within those cells. So when a pain flares up, we think we have to go to the bathroom cabinet for some Tylenol or for, or we need to pick up the phone and call a doctor and set up an appointment. Often when you get into communication with the cells, the cells can tell you exactly what you were thinking right before you felt sick or what was happening in your life right before you started to feel ill. And then it can also tell you what it needs in order to regain balance, whether that's to have you stand on one foot and jump up and down, or whether it's, yes, you need to pick up the phone and call this physician, and this is the particular physician's office you need to call, or, yes, we need a surgery, and this is the type of surgery you need. So the... Cellular memory really is about tapping into an innate wisdom, It's kind of like having your own very best friend inside of you. And if you're in constant communication with it, then you receive answers to every question you'll ever have in your life. Well, you said several things that were really quite important, and I think one of those has to do with listening. Uh, the other has to do with real communication, and the third has to do with connection. And mm-hmm. most of the world, especially in Western society, we're so busy that we never stop long enough to even listen and communicate to those outside of us, much less to listening and communicating to the body or deep more deeply to the cells. So when exactly. we get back from our break, I want to get into a little bit about some of those steps to listening so that we can at least start listening to the feeling that we're having, even if we aren't at a point where we can listen to the cell. And we can really get into a deeper connection as to our bodies, our voices, and then connecting to those individuals that can also help us really uh, serve that evolution. My guest today is Nicole Henderson. She is a compassionate, grounded, intuitive, and business-minded professional that educates individuals on topics related to practicing whole-body medicine for healthcare professionals, self-advocacy for global health, performance and motivation for professional athletes, extraordinary living for veterans, emotional freedom therapy for PTSD, and much, much more. She specializes in medical and remedial remote viewing and cellular memory therapy to heal your life. If we are to fully embrace our innate abilities and nurture our true gifts, we can not only live healthier lives, but also help individuals take responsibility for their own health and well-being. Wellness begins with education, and we must understand the role of intentionality, 
thought forms, beliefs, and the emotions we experience based on the above mentioned. We must change our old outmoded beliefs about not having control over the outcome, but instead recognize that we do have some say in how we are treated, how we act, what we choose, and how we encourage others to choose as well. Again, my guest is Nicole Henderson, and her book is Sacred Time, Tapping the Power Within. All of that information is included in that book, Sacred Time, and you can find out more at her website, earthessenceinc.com. We'll be right back with Nicole Henderson. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I'm Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox, lose unhealthy weight and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. Visionofoneness.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos 
into living your destiny. Connect with me at imsimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at imsimran.com. You're listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Human echolocation can be performed by intentionally sending one's energy out into the environment in order to communicate or connect with another human or thing in an effort to retrieve physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual information about that object. To find and retrieve objects connected to another human or to communicate parapsychologically, allowing one to hear another's thoughts and to empathically feel and understand how another person experiences their life but even still happens without our conscious will. Nicole Henderson suggests developing our specialized sensory structures increases the potential to extract information from our environment, no matter what environment that might be. This is from her book, Sacred Time, Tapping the Power Within. And she teaches in ways that create peace and understanding while empowering you to conquer your inner and outer demons, to evolve and learn to live as one. Nicole also hosts a radio show entitled One World, which is the last Friday of each month at noon Eastern. You can find out more about her book, her radio show, and all of her work at earthessenceinc.com. Welcome back, Nicole. We were talking about listening and communication. And one of the hardest things for an individual to do is to really listen to other people, to communicate with other people, because we live in such a fast-paced world. So how do we turn in and tune in to what we're really feeling to get to a place that we can even uh, hear our organs, much less ourselves, in terms of what they're trying to communicate to us? Well, I'll try to keep it simple. Um, it's really important for us to pay attention to what we're feeling within our body at any given time. And as, I, as you have said, just as I've said, we get so caught up in life, the things that we feel like we have to do, that we tune out what the body is trying to tell us. So whether you're having a pain in your hip or your foot or you have a headache or you just don't feel well, feel sick to your stomach, instead of reaching for medicine or picking up the phone to call a doctor, if you just sit down for a few minutes, turn off the internal chatter, which is really an easy way to do that is to take some deep, deep breaths. The brain needs more oxygen in order to function properly. Well, so do the cells within the body. So the the deeper you breathe, the more oxygen you get into the brain, into the cells, and the body is able to work optimally. So first step is always the deep breathing. And not focusing on the problem at hand is also important. 
the way I use this technique, the cellular memory therapy, is I imagine that I'm step. I have three different visualizations. One is where I step into a house, and I look for the other aspect of myself. And the other aspect of self would be my higher self, my innate wisdom, a goddess. And I would call out to her in the house, and I just use my name as an example. So I'd walk in and say, "Hey, Nick, where are you today?" And I'll hear her call from another room in the house, and I enter the room, and I begin to ask ask her questions. But I take note of how she shows up. Is she disheveled? Does she not feel well? Is she smiling at me? Uh, and then, again, I go through a questioning process. I'm not asking her specifically about the problem at hand. I'm asking her about what's really stored within a part of my body that is... Um, that's showing up with aches and pains, okay? The second visualization is utilizing Native American techniques and and using meditation where I see myself entering a forest, my sacred space, and I'm looking for other I'm looking for animals to show up in my space that represent my strengths and weaknesses. And I would begin having a conversation with them. Um, or the other is just to go into the body where there's aches and pains and communicate specifically with those organs or systems or with the pain. And I would ask it, what emotion resides here? Because typically if there's something dysfunctional going on in the body, there's an emotion that's tied to it. And then I would ask, once I heard the emotion, then I would ask it to show me the memory that's connected to it. So real simple process, it's just a matter of really listening as if you're sitting in a room talking to your best friend. You don't enter the room and ask your best friend a question, and then you answer for your friend. You want to take the time to breathe, sit back, and allow that friend to answer you. So uh, for people who aren't familiar with the technique, then, of course, it's important to have access to someone who can help with that. But uh, meditation is a really great space to be in, whether it's yoga or um, sitting and doing deep breathing, you know, out in the middle of a field or by a pond or something. But there. So when you're talking about this, Nicole, when you're talking about these things, Nicole, so often people are in doubt of what's really happening, or they're uncertain, mm-hmm. or you know, they're in fear. So. When you're doing some of these exercises or someone's trying to be present, is there a certain amount of certainty or belief that has to exist? You know, how does someone move out of saying, this is just my imagination, it's not really happening? Well, I believe that it's important for people to understand that the cells of our body don't need us to tell them what to do. Like the cells within the eyes don't need us to tell them or the eyelids to tell them to blink, the muscles. The, we don't have to tell the brain to work. We don't have to tell the heart to pump blood. Uh, we don't have to tell our legs to, to move in order for them to move. We just think about where we want to go and take it for granted that our legs and feet are going to take us there. So if you shift your thinking out of you're in control of everything and more into the realization that there is an innate wisdom that resides within you that doesn't need your conscious help. It would prefer it, prefer that we're in communication with it and participating fully in life, but instead what happens is we have the the ego and the conscious mind at war against the heart mind or heart body that knows everything, that really doesn't need us to guide it. It knows what's better for us. 
often we don't listen. So for those that are in doubt, I think what's needed is for them to shift their perspective from I'm in control, it's me, 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 into one of there is an innate wisdom that resides within me that doesn't need my assistance, would like it, but doesn't need me to tell it what to do. And it works 24 hours a day. It seems to me, you know, so many people want to have that extrasensory perception. They want all those special gifts. They want to to have the clairaudience or the clairvoyance or any of the clairs that exist. But it seems to me that in order to even tap into that, we must be willing to truly be with our senses. We must be really present to our humanness in the sense of really gathering what it means to see and be present or what it means to taste and feel the taste of life and and all of the various ways that the senses show up. How do you see the senses related to extrasensory perception? Well, I think I... Let's see, how do I... Can you Can you rephrase that? Yes, how do our senses our specific senses of sight, sound, taste, touch relate to or on the path towards opening up to some of those extrasensory abilities that are available okay. to all of us? Well, we're, we're all sensory. From the inner workings of our bone and blood to our skin, which is the largest organ of the body, but the largest sensory organ of the body, detects heat. It detects heat and cold and detects when, um, and just to use it as an example, people who see spirits, they can feel a shift in the temperature in the room before they understand what's actually happening. Um, they get goosebumps. Their skin shows it. Or... Um, I don't. I want to be clear on. You know, there's so many different routes I can take, but I can say that remote viewing. This is one skill that that can be used in order to train yourself to utilize your sense, sensory abilities better, because you're. You know, there are different ways to do it, but there are blind studies, and then there are front loading studies where you don't know what target you're actually trying to sense, to understanding, and I don't want to get too far off track here, but we are all sensory. So now it's just a matter of realizing that um, when you are, let's just use, let's see, I, I need you to give me an example of something that you'd want to know about so I could give you a route to take to get there. Well, so many people, let's say people want to see their guides or see uh, see the unseen. I think that's a big one that a lot of people say, I wish I could see something or I wish I could feel something that I'm not alone. But yet we oftentimes don't see that there are people right there around us, that we have the support that is literally within arm's reach and we're not reaching for it. So how can we first begin utilizing our true senses to then gain the sensitivity of our extra senses. Well, one route to take would be to desensitize. So it would be, let's say if you wanted to see something that's unseen, then you would cover your eyes. 
and you would use your brain to actually do the seeing. So you close your eyes, your brain can actually see. An example would be, um, I have worked with students in the past where I'll take something, an object, and I'll put it on a table in my house, and I'll tell them that I've set it there and that it's waiting for them to see it, and I'll ask them to sit in a space, cover their eyes so that they've shut out the outside world just enough so that they would use a different, different way to sense and then have them report to me and describe exactly what they saw. So colors, textures, tastes, smells, um, uh, dimensions. You know, is it, is it round? Is it long? Is it distant? Is it close? Is it yellow? Is it black? Um, so you, you begin to use your senses in a very different way. You, so it, this is all developmental, but it's all it's describing the things. So if, let's say, you were in a house that, um, like a family member passed away, you're talking about seeing the unseen. Let's say people want to see ghosts or they want to experience them in a very different way. You sit in a house that, where you know someone is just vacated by death, and either cover your ears, cover your ears and eyes, um, sit and do your breathing, and you sit long enough till you start to detect, you start to feel energy coming at you. And that's when you, I usually try to keep a journal where I write down and describe exactly what I'm sensing. Am I sensing anger? Am I sensing happiness or sadness? Did, was their passing very difficult for them? And then you the smells, it may be you smell something rancid. Was it something that they like to smoke or something they like to eat? Or is it uh, putrid, like did they have cancer? Could you actually smell that? So there are very different ways to develop your abilities, but I think that's one way to do it is to cut out the other stimulus in your environment and use your brain to really connect, your brain and your body to really connect with uh, your other senses that you've got. So you're looking at the world in a different way. So it's just really, it's another level of perception. Uh, We we talk about perception in a lot of different ways, but this is just allowing our perception or our perceptual door to open a little bit wider beyond the scope of where we are. Is that exactly. So instead of seeing instead of seeing walls, we we find windows. There's always a way to view through into other realms of consciousness. So it's like with remote viewing, I can view back to the beginning of the earth or planets, other planets. I could remote view fewer, uh, forward 100 years into the future. Or I can remote view here in the present, dependent upon what kind of questions I'm trying to answer, whether those questions are for me or for someone else. My guest today is Nicole Myers Henderson, and she is the author of On Sacred Time, Tapping the Power Within. Nicole is a motivational speaker on environmental, human, and animal rights. She's the founder of Earth Essence, Inc., speaking, consulting, and educating on intuition, therapeutic empathy and telepathy, medical and remedial remote viewing, cellular memory detoxification, and emotional freedom therapy. You can find out more at earthessenceinc.com, where you can also connect to her radio show, One World, which is on Friday of each month at noon Eastern. Again, that book is On Sacred Time, Tapping the Power Within. 
In addition, you can connect to me at my website, imsimran.com, and there I have my books, 1111 Magazine, and all of the archived episodes of 1111 Talk Radio, in addition to my new free 30 Days of Awakening, just a little something to start your day to allow you to awaken to your divine self. Access that at imsimran.com or the banner at the top of the Talk Radio show page. We'll be right back with Nicole Myers-Henderson and On Sacred Time. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I'm Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox, lose unhealthy weight, and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. 
The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. Visionofoneness.com. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you want out of life? Has life lost its luster? Are you afraid and wondering what tomorrow will bring? Open yourself to the idea that you can live a fulfilling life free of pain, sickness, killing, chaos, and thoughtlessness. Starting with yourself and watching how your actions filter and flow into your family and communities. Whether you want to develop your own sense of empathy or you want to pound the pavement to educate the world, Nicole Henderson can enlighten you on many areas of your life and more. You can connect with her at earthessenceinc.com. In addition to discovering her book, On Sacred Time, Tapping the Power Within, she has a radio show entitled One World. So definitely check her things out, discover who she is, and allow yourself the gift of her abilities if that will support you in your life. The website again is earthessenceinc.com. Nicole, we we ended the last segment talking about remote viewing, and you went into a space where you talked about you can go forward in time, you can go back in time, you can remote view at this time. Uh, that probably sounds really way out to some people. How can you possibly, in 2015, in your physical body, go a thousand years forward or a thousand years back? Explain how that's a possibility and what the purpose of that would be if one did do that. Okay, so it's a matter of perception. It's what do we perceive or what do we believe? You know, we live in a quantum world where we're beginning to realize that everything is connected to everything else. And everything is made up of energy. Energy is, was, always will be. It maintains a history. So when we tap into that or the idea that it's possible for us to transcend our physical body and move through space and time, space and time is really just, um, it's really a human concept. There really is no, uh, there really is no boundaries except those which we perceive. So like in my world, I, I believe I'm superwoman and, and I can go anywhere and do anything I want to do. It, and that's in my mind, and that works for me. So transcending space and time, going way back into the past or moving forward, all you have to do is hold the thought that, that you want to retrieve information about that. So it's kind of like casting a net. You hold the question in mind, and then you cast a net. It's like a – just use it as a visualization. You're casting a net out into the universal ocean. And as the net sifts through – extraneous noise and data, it sifts out all that information you don't need, and the net catches the information that you need to answer your question. So remote viewing 
was created back in the 1960s. Uh, it says around, re- if you look up remote viewing uh, on the Internet, uh, it talks about the 1970s, but it was during the Cold War. And the United States had apparently found out that the U.K. was creating a band of psychic spies to try to find out what other countries were doing. Well, the U.S. didn't want to be left behind, so they went to, I'm not sure whether they had this connection before, but they went to a Stanford University physicist, his name is Russell Targ, and they asked him to work with the military and the CIA to create the same type of program. So what they would do is, is train soldiers how to, they would sit them in a room and they would give them a target number. Instead of telling them what it was they wanted them to look into, they would just say, okay, prepare to receive target number, blah, 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 and they give them a four-day digit number. And then they would leave the soldier alone with a pencil and paper, and when the soldier was done, he would report back everything that he sensed about that particular target. Was it a person, a place, or a thing? What shapes did he see? He would draw drawings, and he would actually, they actually call the target number uh, target coordinates, target coordinates. And if they were looking for something, they could actually supply um, longitude or latitude and determine where in the world that particular target was. So they they found during this process that they could extract information from way back. They could move, send their soldiers to other planets without actually going there physically. Um, they could go to other countries and determine whether someone, maybe someone in power was um, dangerous for the country. Were they going to plot something? Were they plotting something bad? Um, so anyway, it, it, remote viewing has developed over the years to not just be applied toward um, military or CIA operations, but now can be utilized for just about anything. Yes, so it's about I'm, I'm quite familiar. Perception. I'm quite familiar with the government's use of that. I actually know someone personally that is part of a group that still does some of that work for the government. And mm-hmm. so... It's being utilized in that way, and and remote viewing is something that can be done not just in terms of searching out other objects, but in the way that you also do it, you literally remote view or connect to the inside of the body and the inside of the person uh, in Correct. addition to their past lives or past experiences so that you can uh, assist in resolving some of the whether it's emotional, physical, or life issues that have occurred in their life. So how, how is that process uh, different, or is it all the same when it comes to remote viewing? Um, it, I think it's pretty much all the same, but what helps is if, you're, if you have a particular field of expertise, then, you, like for me, in order to work with the human body, I always knew what I felt because of that empathic side of me. But I needed a tool that would help me understand what certain parts of the body were supposed to do. What is their primary function? And if they're functioning optimally, what does it taste like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And if anything was off, I'd understand exactly what part of the body, what organ. Um, So it's part of that echolocation. All we're doing is holding that thought to send energy out into the environment. So if I'm looking at a patient, 
the doctor were to call me and say, okay, Nicole, I have patient blah, 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 number, whatever here. Um, can you tell me what parts of the body you see? So I'm sending my energy out into the universe, out into our space, and my energy is going to ping off of that human body, and then the ping will sound back to me to hit the organs or systems in my body that are that, that person is experiencing. So I could actually see things, like I would see a discoloration of the organ, but then I would actually feel my body would begin to act or respond the same way that patient's body is. So let's say there was something wrong with their kidneys. I might actually experience the contractions if they had kidney stones, the contractions of the stones or the blockage within the urethra. Um, So it's really about knowing more. For me, it was about learning more about medicine, anatomy, physiology, how does the body function. And I've always been intrigued with um, life. So it was easy for me to choose this route instead of being the more... um, the detective around other things, you know, working on crime scenes and whatnot, which I actually had done years ago when I was younger. So as I think about the new children that are coming in and how anchored they seem to be in, in not only who they are, but in a space of love and openness and increased sensitivity, even beyond what the human being has been known to be before, what can we do to really make certain that these young children not only maintain their abilities but are able to strengthen them and understand the greater purpose that they can be used in? Mm. I think compassion is number one for the adult. You know, often I hear parents say, you know, my child's just not acting normal. I think there's something wrong with them. When really, it's there's nothing wrong with the child. It's more that it's we, the adult, that have the issues. We don't understand what's happening with them. And with the accelerated spiritual growth of humanity today, I think it's important for adults to really pay attention to the fact that those children that are being born today are here to save humanity or save this planet. And they're... You know, as children, our brains are really malleable. So if we actually took the time to work with them and foster and nurture these abilities, it wouldn't be like when we were kids. When I was a kid, I'd get smacked in the back of the head and somebody would say, no, you don't ever talk about those things in front of these people. They're going to think you're weird. They're not going to understand that. You don't want to talk about ghosts in front of them or you don't want to talk about um, mind control or, you know, it's like keep your mouth shut. And today I think that it's really important for parents to realize that these children are here to change the world and they need to be connecting with professionals that can help train their children properly or train them so that they can train their children properly. You know, so often we end up in relationship with a person that is meant to be, uh, in many ways, our opposite for the sake of our own growth. And so where we have situations where there are a set of parents where you have one that has taken uh, a more open spiritual path or, or a more open uh, perspective to things such as this, wanting to raise a child in this perspective, and then you have someone that's completely left-brained, that completely doubts, that does not believe in anything that is beyond the scope of what's being taught in the textbook today. Um, How does one navigate 
allowing the child to be open, or do you feel like one parent in, in staying very true to their own growth and healing is enough to allow that child to also be able to model and do the same? Yes, I believe that it, it really does come down to the individual. Instead of trying to shift the other adult's perspective, you maintain your integrity and honor what you what you know and understand to be true. And like with my grandson, um, at five years old, or at four years old, he was watching me work with patients, and he'd say, Mom, Mom I want to do what you do. And I said, well, when you turn five, when you actually hold your focus for more than two minutes at a time, I'll teach you how to do this. And his mother was the first one to say, I don't want him to learn how to do that stuff. And I said, well, Kelly, he's here on this planet to make a difference. Why shouldn't we help him be the best he could possibly be? So against her wishes, I just began working with him, doing some simple um, tasks here around the house, and he picked up on it really well. But in teaching him, it helps him to understand other people better. So he understands his mother better, or he understands his brother or sister even better. So, um, but yes, it comes down to the individual maintaining their integrity and following through even when they meet with um, adversity from the other. But, uh, you know, if they learn more and they understand that it's not about some woo-woo psychic ability, the word psychic really denotes that we don't know how we do what we do. And instead, if you fully grasp your connectedness to energy, the universe, everything that exists, that you open, you, you can shift other people's perspective by really just being who you are and being able to share the truth about it, that it's all about energy, the sending and receiving of energy, because we're each like little satellite systems, constantly so connected. So when we also have these children and they are, I'm sure, uh, empathic and taking on the energies around them, how do we support children in understanding empathy and how to best utilize empathy or empathic receptivity? Well, we begin to question them. So you can, like my grandson, if he were, he'd have a bellyache. And I'd say, he'd say, Mom, Mom, can you get me some milk or can you get me something to settle my belly? And I'd say, well, how about let's look at when you remember your belly to first start to hurt. And he'd say, well, it was while I was in school. Well, okay, so let's rewind the tape. Let's, let's dig in. Essentially what's happening is I'm asking him to look into the cells of his body for the experience that took place that caused the imbalance to begin with. So I'm not telling him that. I'm just saying, okay, let's rewind the tape and ask your body to take you back to, the, to one minute before your belly started to hurt. And he would do it, and he'd say, well, I was standing there with Jason, and Jason was treating me really bad. He made me feel really bad about myself. And I'd say, well, okay, then what happened once he treated you bad? He said, then my belly started to hurt. And I said, well, okay, then let's ask your belly Instead of pumping it full of something else, let's ask it what it needs in order to feel better. And he can just take a deep breath and kind of turn inward. And they love visualizing things. They love playing. They think they're making something up, but really they're not. They're learning a new way to communicate with their body. And then I say, okay, let's ask your belly, what does it need in order to feel better? And he'd say, I really need to feel better about myself and not let Jason make me feel bad. 
So here I have a five-year-old child describing his experiences in a very different way. We're not treating them like a child and having conversations as if they're children they don't understand. We're actually teaching them as if they are superhumans, supercomputers that are absorbing information from their environment and regurgitating it back out into the world. So it's about training them a different way of, into a different way of living. They're really learning from us anyway. So do we want them to learn the bad things or do we want them to learn something more? Do we want them to exceed or excel past the mundane life that we've been used to living? This is my guest, Nicole Myers Henderson, and she is the author of On Sacred Time. As societies collapse and rebuild as they have done since the beginning of time, it is not only our birthright but our moral obligation to know ourselves better and yet take another leap forward in our evolution. We have ventured beyond the paranormal and metaphysical and surpassed what we thought we knew about the behavior of the material brain. We now stand on the precipice of a new quantum era. There can be heaven on earth, and the revolution is upon us. I invite you to discover on sacred time and to discover the sacred medicine woman, Nicole Myers Henderson, in addition to all of the many gifts and protocols that she is gifted to serve the world with. Uh, Discover empathy and telepathy, remote viewing, cellular memory, it's time to close your eyes so your brain can see. You can find out more at earthessenceinc.com. That's earthessenceinc.com. Until next week, I'm Simran Singh. Connect with me at iamsimran.com or any of my social media at Simran Singh 1111. In love, of love, with love, and as love, be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.